He was living in the lap of luxury with incredible proximity to power, serving the most powerful man in the world. But the memory of all the Jerusalem embodied, the memory of David's spiritual longing, the clarion call of, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, drove Nehemiah to give up his palace life. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 279, Nehemiah's Wall. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. An exciting story was published in the Jerusalem Post in November of 2007. Quote, the remnants of a wall from the time of the prophet Nehemiah have been uncovered in an archaeological excavation in Jerusalem's ancient city of David, strengthening recent claims that King David's palace has been found at that site, an Israeli archaeologist said Wednesday. The section of the 2,500-year-old Nehemiah Wall, located just outside the Dung Gate and the old city walls facing the Mount of Olives, was dated by pottery found during a recent dig at the site, said Hebrew University archaeologist Dr. Elat Mazar. The archaeologist, who rose to international prominence for a recent excavation that may have uncovered the biblical palace of King David, was able to date the wall to Nehemiah as a result of a dig carried out underneath a nearby tower, which has been previously dated to the Hasmonean period, 142 to 37 BCE, but which now emerges, was built centuries earlier. As a result of the excavation, both the 30-meter section of the wall and a 6-by-3-meter part of the previously uncovered tower have now been dated to the 5th century BCE, based on the rich pottery found during the dig under the tower, she said. Scores of boule, arrowheads, and seals from that period were also discovered during the excavation. This find opens a new chapter in the history of Jerusalem, Mazar said. Until now, we have never had such an archaeological wealth of finds from Nehemiah's period, end quote. Nehemiah, or Nehemiah, is a man whose book we now study, and he is less well-known than the other leader with whom he is properly paired, Ezra. And this lack of fame is unfair. For it was Nehemiah who worked hand-in-hand with Ezra on behalf of the reinvigoration of Jewish Jerusalem in the Second Temple period. This is why Elat Mazar's discovery is all the more reason for celebration. For rightly understood, this wall perfectly captures the greatness of the man, and indeed, the Jewish meaning of memory itself. We have seen thus far how the Second Temple is built only many years after the decree of Cyrus, and how even after the sanctuary is established, Spiritual degeneration occurs, inspiring Ezra to come to the Holy Land and spark an educational movement. In his efforts, Ezra is joined by Nehemiah, who also fortifies the city of Jerusalem, undoing thereby the damage done by Babylonian forces so many decades before. Nehemiah's account begins with him back in the diaspora, a servant of the Persian king in the capital. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Chachaliah, and it came to pass in the month Kislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ears now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night, 
for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. Then, as chapter 2 describes, Nehemiah is unable to restrain himself and makes his feelings for Jerusalem known to the king of Persia that he served. Verse 1, And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of our Tachshasta the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. And I was very sore afraid, and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad, when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldst send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be, and when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me. And I sent him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace which appertain to the house, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Thus did King Artachshasta, as he did with Ezra, allow one of the cherished members of his court to return to Jerusalem, and indeed empowered him to do so and to achieve his servant's aims in Jerusalem. The book of Nehemiah goes on to describe how Nehemiah arrives in the Holy Land and inspires his brethren to build the walls of Jerusalem, though he faced great opposition from the enemies of the Jews. Eilat Mazar herself, drawing both on the Bible and her own excavations, reflected in the biblical archaeological review on the amazing nature of Nehemiah's achievement. Quote, even before Nehemiah came from Babylonia to Jerusalem in the middle of the 5th century BC, he knew that he wanted to rebuild the broken down walls of Jerusalem. When he arrived, he promptly made his famous night journey around the city, surveying the dilapidated city wall. On the eastern slope, the wall of stones was so badly collapsed that his donkey could not navigate the path. Quite amazingly, especially considering its condition, the wall was rebuilt in a mere 52 days. Nehemiah was able to accomplish this feat by assigning different sections of the wall's rebuilding to various groups, such as families, people from specific settlements, craftsmen's guilds, and so on. Each section was denoted by specific public landmarks, such as existing gates and other known structures. The landmarks in the eastern wall were private homes, probably because here the wall was built higher up on the slope than the old wall, at the top of the crest, rather than nearer the floor of the valley where it had been before the Babylonian destruction. True, the city became smaller this way. Some of the old residential areas were now outside the city wall, but there were also fewer people living in the city, so there was no need for a big city. End quote. Nehemiah, in other words, combines his own zeal for Jerusalem with the capacity for getting things done he puts his love for the holy city into action and inspires others in like manner. Here we must note something striking. In the description of Nehemiah's position in the king's court, he was, we are told, the one who put wine before the king. We are meant, I think, to be reminded of another, the Sar Hamashkin, the minister of drinks in the court of Pharaoh, who, as described in Genesis, was thrown into prison, met Joseph, and ultimately returned to the position he originally held. What marked this minister of drinks in Genesis was his capacity for forgetting. Joseph pleaded with the man, as the minister left prison, to remember him, 
And then scripture immediately informs us, But the minister of drinks did not remember Joseph, and he forgot him. It is at this point that we, ladies and gentlemen, must remember and not forget what was mentioned in our discussion of the psalm that contained the verse, If I forget thee, O Jerusalem. We discuss then what it means to remember in English in contrast to biblical Hebrew. Remember in English references conjuring up the image of someone or something in our mind, but this is a purely internal and emotional experience. In Hebrew, however, as we discussed, the infinitive liskor and the noun zikaron can rightly be translated as memory made emotionally manifest in action. Memory is a component of zikaron but it is, as we discussed, only its starting point. Only when this memory has been made manifest in something external has zikaron been achieved. And this, as we said, is reflected in the story of Joseph. Looking at the original verse in Genesis, it appears at first glance redundant. The minister of drinks, we are told, did not remember Joseph and he forgot him. If he did not remember him, then of course he forgot him. Why is this second clause necessary? But in truth, the meaning of the verse is as follows. Originally, Pharaoh's minister of drinks did indeed remember Joseph. But because he did nothing for him, because his memory was not manifest in action, therefore scripture says that lo zachar et Yosef, meaning that he did not make manifest externally, zikaron of Yosef. Then eventually, after many months of doing nothing for Joseph, ultimately vayishkacheo, the minister internally forgot Joseph as well. We can now see the stark contrast that is being established by the Bible between one minister of drinks and another. Pharaoh's minister made no effort at Zikaron, and he eventually forgot. Nehemiah, in contrast, not only does not forget Jerusalem, he engages in Zikaron, memory which drives him to action, so much so that he gives up the luxury of his life in the palace of Persia on behalf of Jerusalem. With this in mind, we can return to the second temple era wall that Mazar uncovered, for therein something fascinating reveals itself. Mazar wrote in the Biblical Archaeological Review that there is a connection between Nehemiah's wall and her previous famous discovery. Quote, More than a decade ago, I wrote an article titled Excavate King David's Palace, in which I identified the precise spot in the city of David where I believed the palace was likely to be found. New Yorkers Roger and Susan Hertog learned of my idea, and decided to support an excavation to see if I was correct. The excavation began in 2005, supported by the Shalem Center and the Ir David City of David Foundation, under the academic auspices of the Institute of Archaeology of the Hebrew University, Jerusalem. It was not long after we began to dig that a large building emerged, indeed more massive than I had ever dared to imagine when I wrote my BAR article. I believe it is King David's palace. That is the most likely identification. Surely no one has come up with a better suggestion. The walls of the building, which we call the large stone structure, are between 7 and 11 feet thick. It sits on the highest point of the city of David, right on the eastern fortification line, end quote. Nazar, in the article, a link to which we have sent to you, then goes on to describe the wall that she uncovered from a much later period, but still from long ago. The wall she identified as the one built by Nehemiah which in her article in BAR, she calls Wall 27. She writes, quote, We could see that Wall 27 was built directly on top of Wall 20 of David's palace, end quote. Thus, a wall to protect Jerusalem, built 
according to Mazar, by Nehemia over where David had once built a wall himself. This provides a fitting metaphor for who Nehemia was. He was living in the lap of luxury with incredible proximity to power, serving the most powerful man in the world. But the memory of all that Jerusalem embodied, the memory of David's spiritual longing, the clarion call of, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, drove Nehemia to give up his palace life, to reflect the love for Jerusalem that gives him eternal fame as a Jewish guardian of the sacred city. So Isaiah proclaimed, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed guardians by day and by night. Nehemia was a guardian of Jerusalem, a wall builder of Jerusalem. His story, thereby, inspires Jewish generations to reflect his love, to seek to protect his sacred city, and to never, ever forget it. This is Mayor Salavetra. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.